How's it going, everyone? Once again, this is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And we want to welcome you to another episode of the Wing It Worldwide podcast. Today, we're going to a crazy place. We're going to Medellin, Medellin Colombia. And the first thing you'll notice is how we pronounced it. I think to the American mind, you know, if you don't say Medellin, which nobody does, you know, everybody who's ever been to Spanish one would probably pronounce it Medellin, which to me sounds kind of awkward. And when you go there and you listen to the folks in Medellin, they're hard to understand. It. Oh, yeah, because the double L is a J instead of a Y. And they really kind of slur their syllables together. So to them, the name of the town is, as I'm saying it, Medellin, actually Medellin. And if you've ever watched Narcos on Netflix, you'll hear them say this all the time. And even if you're a hardcore Spanish speaker, unless you're from Colombia, you're probably going to get a little bit lost listening to these folks talk. Yeah, they talk fast. But one thing I want to tell you about Medellin, Colombia, is the cartel really isn't in charge there anymore. It's been a long time since those crazy days of Pablo Escobar. And it is one of the most beautiful cities we've been to. And it's kind of nestled in a valley, a beautiful green lush valley with mountains surrounding it. Actually, the airport's on the other side of the mountains. It's like a (laughs) 40-minute haul from the airport to town. And it's just beautiful. And the people are wonderful. The people are beautiful. The food is wonderful. The nightlife is incredible. And um, it's actually rather nice to be there. We were there as guests of our friends who are both expat Americans. And they showed us a wonderful time. They'd actually moved there and stayed a while. Oh, they they fell in love with the place. And a lot of people fall in love with it there because there's a lot of entertainment. I know we went, uh, they took us one night to a place called Thousands and thousands of toys yeah, is the name of this. crazy bar. Right. Yeah. Filled with lots of stuff that, you know, memorabilia and all kinds toys. of craziness. Toys, yeah, yes. Pedal cars nailed to the ceiling. But like, <laughs> not like a Chili's restaurant where there's like some to kind of remind you of the good old days. This place is like packed with them. It's like there's no empty space on the wall and stuff's like everywhere. And the atmosphere there is just as crazy. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they do. They love their nightlife. Yeah, no doubt. And interestingly enough, you know, I'm going to go ahead and fast forward to when we flew back to Houston. Yes. There was an extra layer of security when we got on the plane. And when we got off the plane in Houston, and this was about five years ago we went, when we got off the plane in Houston, you know, they separate everybody between United States passport holders and everybody else. We were on a 737-800, which is about 170 people. There were you and I and one other guy who got off that plane into the United States line. Everybody else was foreign. <laughs> Nobody is going there still. Well, that was different because we're used to getting off the plane and rushing to hurry to get to the line so that we're not stuck at the end of the line. And for the first time, we didn't have to worry about that. Now, one of the interesting things that happened while we were there was our guests took us by a ropeway now kind of a cable car ride that's part of their public transportation system to get up to the most dangerous neighborhood in the world, which is where Pablo Escobar used to recruit all of his mercenaries. Right. Well, the way they have it set up is the poor people live at the top of the mountain and the main part of the cities and all the businesses are at the bottom. So the poor people live at the top because you have to walk back and forth. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of the United States, where you want the view, and the view costs a premium. Brazil's kind of the same way with the favelas. Exactly. Yeah. But that's because you're walking and you don't have a car. So, you know, you're carrying everything up the hill. No one wants to do that. That becomes unwanted property. So 
the city got really smart and did something really wonderful by making this cable car. And now everybody can go up back and forth without any problems. Now, speaking of the Escobars, you know, even we were thinking, my gosh, you know, Colombia, the drug cartels, you know, why in the world are we going to such a crazy place? We kind of fell victim to that mindset we talked about in the last show or two shows ago about how once a country gets a reputation, it sort of never loses it. We were even thinking, man, this is a little creepy to go to like, you know, Escobar land. Right. Yet, nevertheless, on the last day there, we found ourselves with some extra time. I got on the internet and found something called the Pablo Escobar Tour. And I'm thinking, hey, you know, this would be kind of interesting, you know, since this place is known for that, to see some of this history. Yeah, you asked me, well, would you like to see where he was buried and where he used to live and learn about his history and all that? I'm like, sure, why not? Well, the police finally got him. Why not? So we thought it was interesting. Well, little did we know it's actually a private tour. And this older gentleman picked us up in a Nissan and started driving us around and showing us all these things. And it was fascinating. You know, it was wonderful. It was well worth it. He was a very friendly guy, very knowledgeable. And towards the end of the tour, he said, you know, Roberto's available if you would like to meet him and ask some questions. And we're like, Roberto. He's like, yeah, you know, Pablo Escobar's brother, Roberto Escobar. Now, I had done a little bit of research Roberto Escobar was like the guy who trained his death squads and, you know, was part of the cartel majorly. He wasn't like just a guy who, you know, I'm sort of ashamed to be this cartel master's brother, leave me out of it. He was like intimately involved. He was like Pablo's accountant. So we're being asked if we want to meet this guy who was in the cartel. I mean, these are the people everybody in America fears meeting. So Emily and I kind of looked at each other, shrugged, and said, yeah, we're in. So <laughs> I know, we're nuts. <laughs> we hadn't watched Narcos yet either, by the way. You know, We may have thought twice about it. Right. Although, weirdly, Roberto isn't even in Narcos, which is strange. Right. But anyway, we digress. We digress. He's a huge part of that cartel, okay? Go research the reality of it apart from the Narcos show. So we go to Pablo Escobar's home. Which, by the way, was across the street from Millones de Joguetes. I mean, hiding in plain sight, the guy was. Almost like he was, like, daring the cops to find him. It was this little driveway that you're not, you know, you're never looking for this driveway. You'll miss it. You could drive by it a million times and you'll miss it every time until you're looking for it. And it kind of snaked through gravel up the side of the hill. And there was a gate and it opened. And here's this rather modest home, two-car garage. And sure enough, it's Pablo Escobar's home. We get out of the car, and there's Roberto, who, I mean, probably stands about five foot two. Yeah, he's about my height. And he loves you. He's giving you <laughs> hugs, and you're like, eek, you know. Having coffee. Yes. So they invite us in, and they say, oh, well, here's the uh, furniture. We finally just got it back from, you know, being in hock with the police after all these years. So, you know, we blew the dust off it. Have a seat. And it turns out that the same maid that worked for, you know, Pablo is still being employed by the family. She brings us coffee, of course, because you're in Colombia and the coffee is incredible. So we enjoyed the coffee. And meanwhile, there's other older gentlemen in the other room kind of talking about the old days and Mm -hmm. laughing. And we're looking at pictures and we're finally realizing our tour guide has the right history, has, you know, he's been to 
Florida and he's come back and he's right. about the right age. He was he has, involved. Uh, yes. He was involved in the road biking, you know, like the Lance Armstrong kind of road right, biking. Right, right, right. Just like Roberto was when he was younger. This guy was involved too. We've been they riding around with a cartel guy all day. And there we are. And, you know, Pablo's nephew is chasing his little girlfriend around the house. These people still live there. Uh, don't forget the bullet holes. Bullet holes in the, yeah, bullet holes in the wall. He showed us one that they hung a picture right over because there had been a kidnapping attempt on Roberto just a couple months previous. Folks, we were scared to go to Colombia because of the cartel and ended up hanging out with them in their own home. I mean, you guys may think we're bluffing on this. I got pictures to prove it. As a matter of fact, we haven't talked about this on Facebook or anywhere really publicly for, you know, the four or five years since we've been there because we didn't want the State Department coming after us or anything. But as it turns out, you know, we weren't the only people who went and met Roberta. It wasn't an everyday thing. It wasn't part of the main tour. But it happened a few times over the course of about a year before right. it was stopped. So we were actually very fortunate. Oh, there's crickets. <laughs> Time goes so fast. I know, right? So we were actually very fortunate to do it. We never really felt in danger. They were very gracious. And, you know, Roberto was willing to answer anything. I didn't have good enough questions because I wasn't that informed. And I kind of kept some of them close to me. I didn't ask him some of the crazy ones. Like, I was you... afraid to ask some of those questions. Yeah, I mean, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, did you actually take down that Avianca airliner? You know, things like that. I didn't go there. And, you know, we got home from that tour, kissed the ground. <laughs> Took a deep breath and needed lots of beer. And it was Micheladas. Yeah, Micheladas. They love those there. And you know, it was probably one of the top travel adventures we've ever been on, as it turned out. Very memorable. Yeah, very memorable. Anyway, if you want to find more about this, go to www.wingitworldwide.com where you'll find lots of pictures and lots of blog posts. And uh, also go to Wing It Worldwide on YouTube. We're also Wing It Worldwide on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Facebook. We're Wing It Worldwide everywhere, aren't we, Emily? We sure are. And one thing we don't ever mention on this show is that we're also professional dating coaches. That's why we can go all over the world, world school our children, take them with us. Uh, although we didn't take them with us to Medellin. No, we didn't. Grandparents took care of them that time. But uh, we are dating coaches. You can visit us at www.deservewhatyouwant.com and uh, pick up some advice on how to get better with members of the other gender and improve your love life. And go to Medellin and try it out. Yeah, you can meet some girls there. They have pretty girls in Medellin. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's why a lot of guys go there. There's a whole Colombian wife, you know, gig. Anyway, we don't want to And I totally digress. understand why, too. <laughs> Until we talk to you again next time, my name's Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Be good out there. And have fun. The Wing It Worldwide podcast is copyright X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Remember, you can go to the show notes page at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. There you'll find out much more about all the destinations talked about by Scott and Emily on this show. Remember, if there's anything left out that you wanted to hear, chances are you'll find it there. It's all at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Wing It Worldwide Podcast. Until next time, be good and have fun.